Hello and welcome back to the Super Show podcast, episode 12, where today, this week, we have quite possibly, Jonesy, the weirdest episode of the Super Show, maybe ever. It is going to be weird. Um, I should point out first off that we're not doing it like this because we've been quarantined. No, exactly. We're not self-quarantining for coronavirus reasons. We just thought that maybe you'd want to see our faces while you heard us. Maybe not. So I'm, I'm at my remote studio and you're at yours. Well, it's more of a bedroom than a remote studio. Don't but tell I am admit sat that. At, I'm, at, I'm sat at a desk, so I feel very professional right now. Yes. But of course, um, the five foot two elephant in the room <laughs> is that our good friend Chris is not with us this week. The first departure of the uh, Super Show, the modern history at least of the Super Show. He's in South Africa, he putting is, his feet up. Which um, I thought was interesting because someone then tweeted that, uh, I think the day he got to South Africa, that coronavirus was officially in South Africa. So <laughs> He's probably the one that took it out there. Well, that's what he's I tweeted, the, and he, he, he sort of put me right straight away and said he doesn't have it, so there you go. What do they call them? Super spreaders. He's is a super the, spreader. Is that the term? Oh, have I it just made be. that up? I think that's the thing of like people who are, uh, you know, like ground zero for a whole outbreak. It's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It always makes me think of that. He's a super shredder. Yeah, exactly. Chris the super Chris, spreader. The super spreader Chris. Anyway, anyway. super spreader on the super show. So um, we did talk about trying to get a, a guest uh, on this week and trying to fill that empty third spot with a new voice, a new set of opinions, but. It didn't come together. We're not arrogant no. enough to assume we could uh, do the world's most entertaining two-man uh, <laughs> podcast. But we'll I think give safe, it a shot. safe to say that some of the people we were talking to are people we do want to get on in the future, uh, and it will be cool to have them on. So um, absolutely, we will arrange it and make it maybe you know in time a bit more time next time so that we can have them on. Yes. and we can have an, a third person or maybe a fourth. That would be exciting. Oh God knows! I mean, the possibilities are absolutely endless. I was thinking nine or ten. Oh. So there's a huge space in the podcast scene um, for what I call a podcast gangbang. It's Very just nice. as many different voices as possible. Everyone talking over everyone. Um, I think it's the future of the platform. Maybe. And uh, I should say at this point, if anybody wants to talk to us, they can get hold of us um, <laughs> on YouTube and Twitter at Super Show Pod. Show, show, them the, show them your whiteboard. Oh, my whiteboard here. So at Twitter, I can't do it because it's reversed for me. At yeah. Super Show Pod. And then I'm at Super Show Jonesy. And um, we're also on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts. We so, are indeed. Uh, for anyone who just listens to the audio version of this, by the indeed. way, we haven't even explained the fact that we've got our webcams on at the moment. So if you're on ah. YouTube, you will be seeing us. And the joke I was making there was Jonesy has very cleverly positioned a whiteboard behind him with all the appropriate... <laughs> it's it's um, very YouTube, isn't it? It is. I also like that you've only put your own handle on there. Like, this is a one-man <laughs> I, show. It's me. I thought you'd nope. have yours behind you. This is an official declaration from Jonesy. Don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, follow tweet. Jamie. I can't remember what his is. At, at Super Jamie. I don't know. No, I made no, that. It's, do you know, it's still ATG Jamie. That's the oh, impressive ATG thing. Jamie. Do you know what I very tried to controversy. do? This is a radiator, but look very nice. Very designer. Is it? it is. I tried to hang my ATG merch from it because i thought like you know you gotta let people know where you were from um yeah. but it looks shit <laughs> i took it down i was gonna say that's a pretty sleek radiator anyway so you didn't need to cover it up no it is it, it looks a bit industrial doesn't it it's like a, a, a grill, grill i thought it was thing. like is it called baffling the kind of the sound deflection kind of stuff oh i should have pretended material? it was no it's not baffling. i thought it was just a really long strip of that no it's a, just a cool damn radiator <sighs> for a cool damn guy exactly right um Ironically, Jonesy, given it is just the two of us, this has been one of the craziest uh, weeks for news. Gotcha. Um, 
So we've got shitloads to get through, but before we get into it, we have to acknowledge the people that make the show possible, and that is our patrons. Um, for those of you that don't know, we don't make an awful lot of money. We actually don't make any money at all <laughs> on YouTube right now. We don't monetize our videos on YouTube. But really, it's the patrons that make it possible. So shout-outs this week uh, to Angus McChilly, to Brett Zerbrig, a.k.a. Shellshock, which uh, is an NHL reference I learned, uh, to Peaswad, and uh, a special big thank you to the main men, Skylar Music and Lonnie Thompson. The big boys. But really, just thank you to everyone who's ever donated to Super Show, to ATG, past, present, and future, one dollar or more. It's all uh, helped and and made it possible. Oh, it definitely has. We we can say that we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for those people supporting us over the years. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Or or maybe we would have got to this point where we're recording in our bedrooms sooner than we actually did. <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't have been in an office for quite so long. No, absolutely not. Um, so the anyway, most important Jonesy. thing, come yeah. on, Jamie, what have you been playing this week? What have I been playing? Um, I want to know. I had, a, I had a few little things. It's been a tough week for gaming for me. I, I've been, you know when you have those weeks where you're kind of busy but not busy? Like yeah, you do. get nothing done. Do. You think back to what you actually were doing instead of getting things done. And the answer to that was also nothing. <laughs> and you're like, what was I, why didn't I game more? Yes, yes, exactly. So I don't have a good excuse, which is a long-winded way of saying, no, I have yet to finish the Division 2 Warlords of New York expansion. Played more of it. But I can't really give any more updated views than I offered on the podcast last week. Um, what else? Um, I did play a little bit of, weirdly enough, Ori and the Blind Forest. So this was uh, to which, get you back up to date. Exactly. For any, I guess um, for anyone not uh, keeping an eye on new releases, Ori and the Will of the Wisps is the new Ori game that's coming out today at the time of recording, so Wednesday the 11th, which meant that I couldn't play it for the podcast, Jonesy. Oh, that's okay, though, because that means you can have a nice long play this week and you can tell us all about it next week. I suppose so, but I was hoping to come in with, you know, a good take on a hot new release, but uh, alas, that will have to wait till next week. Although I did play something brand spanking new, which is kind of also our first news story. Yes, it is indeed. So, uh, uh, do you want to do you want to tell us, or should we? Uh, Absolutely, uh, it's a uh, Call it? of Duty Warzone. Yes, which I have not really uh, followed much of, but you were telling me all about it yesterday, and yeah. I had a look today, and it looks pretty awesome. It's it's pretty darn cool. I played like six or seven matches of it last night, so I've kind of got my early opinions going. But for anyone that kind of missed all the hubbub around this thing, it is a Battle Royale, um, which you know was somewhat inevitable at some point, but it's a completely kind of standalone thing. So it's in the Modern Warfare engine, and if you own Modern Warfare, you already have it. You'll have downloaded an update yesterday, and it will just be on the main menu. But it is also a standalone game that's completely free to play. Right. So if you don't own Modern Warfare, you could just download this thing and start playing. So and it, there's also crossplay, so the player base is going to be massive, at least in the early days. Um, Crossplay wise, what are we talking? So, are we just talking PlayStation and Xbox, or uh, I think it... it's PlayStation, Xbox, PC, just like See, Modern Warfare is. That to me always worries me because you don't want to come up against a keyboard and mouse, dude. Of course, I I could download it on my play my PC and I could play it on keyboard and mouse, but I do not want to go against someone when I'm on controller. Yeah. I want to say Call of Duty's got some smart matchmaking stuff where it like prioritizes. <laughs> people on controllers to match make them against people on controllers <laughs> the Even smart matchmaking means... is that it doesn't let you play against people with keyboard and yeah mouse. exactly keep those people on their own yeah separate um, them off. 
But yeah, 150 players, it means these are hefty matches. That's, that's my that's first big, uh, Is that the biggest? First takeaway. Is that the biggest battle royale I think, out I there? think it is. I think it is. Because most seem to top um, out at like 60, you know, 64, something like that game. Right, exactly. Like Apex Legends was 60. Um, I want to say oh, like PUBG was always 100, and I think Fortnite's probably 100 as well. But you're right, like Blackout was... Blackout, which was the Black Ops 4 Battle Royale last year, I don't know if that was 100 at launch. So right. this is this is ambitious. Yeah, that's, um, that's, a, that's a big old... Well, I suppose, is it big maps, or is it same-size maps oh, but dude. more people? So it's a massive map. And to give you an idea of what 150 players has, uh, the impact that has on kind of the way their game flows, and this is what blew my mind, my first match of Warzone, and this isn't me bragging, <laughs> although it's kind of also me bragging, Um <laughs> We, as a team, got 13 kills. Nice. Um, I, think I got seven, um, a bar, like, and a, my buddy got six. Um, so, shout out to Adam. So uh, were you um, a team of two? So that was you were just two of you? No, we, no, we were a team of three. So it's trios like, right. um, like Apex Legends. The difference is here, you can choose to not matchmake. So if you want to drop as a solo or a duo, albeit knowing that everyone else will be in trios, you can. Um, okay, which is actually no, well. That's, that's yeah. a nice addition because obviously the thing in Apex is if you will go if someone is in your team and then they peel off right at the very beginning, you're like, well, yeah. now we're buggered. <laughs> so at least you can yeah. get them to sod off before well, they even. Do yeah, it. exactly. You still might be buggered. It's just like you know you're going to be buggered going into the bugger. Your you're not screwing over two other people, or uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but what I was going to say about that match, the reason I wasn't just uh, bringing up the amount of kills I got for no reason. Um, that would be a massively high kill game for me in Apex Legends if I got seven kills. Sure, yeah. team we got 13. In that, I don't think we cracked the top 10. Oh, wow, okay. I think we were like 16th or something like that. But they also have a strange mechanic whereby, uh, you were telling me yesterday, again, that um, when you get knocked and then killed, you actually go into a 1v1 battle whereby right. if you kill them, you can actually get rezzed. Is, is yeah, so there's a thing, it's called the Gulag, where basically the first time you die in any match, you basically kind of get a, like arrested almost, you become a prisoner of war, you go into the Gulag, which is a 1v1 like little death match in, I forget what the map's called, but it's one of the maps that already existed in the gunfight mode. It's kind of like a bathhouse, right? Um, but a little bit run, not a nice bathhouse, not a bathhouse oh, you want to get your knob out in. I'll tell you what I thought it looked like, if this is for anybody uh, who has the same weird references as me, but the scene in the rock where the seals come up through the floor and then they've got like ed harris and all his men looking down on them like shooting with so like a like a shower block in a um uh sort of a prison or a uh, military okay. base or something I suppose that's go. alcatraz right so it's like it's like the shower room of alcatraz <laughs> for anyone that knows what like the back of their hand what the shower room of alcatraz looks like you now have a crystal clear image. i guarantee let us know in the comments because there will be loads of people that know exactly the scene i'm talking about so ed harris yeah. is like give that order and then uh oh the, what's the guy the guy from terminator is like oh and i'll give that order oh uh, michael bean michael or bean yes is. yeah and he's is like, that how you pronounce it yes is michael Be- bean, bean. Yeah. and he goes i will not give that order and then they open fire and all hell breaks loose there you so, go tasty and nick cage survives leave your uh enthusiastic comments about the rock uh in the comment section down Mate. below and jonesy will i'm sure will be reading all of them that is a cracking movie the Rock. I mean, it's a legendary movie. Michael Bay at his best. I tell you um, what, there's one bit that makes no fucking sense, though. Is oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean Connery shows them how to get how he got out, right? By going, he rolls under a furnace 
and then he like climbs through something and then he opens a door so they can get in. But obviously mm-hmm. if he's escaping from Alcatraz, he doesn't need to roll under the furnace because you just open the door. Right. It's like reversed. So he breaks in and then he opens a door. Whereas obviously if he was leaving in the first place, surely he just opened the door. He wouldn't. Anyway, I've completely. You know what? I'm glad that someone is out there thinking as deeply as you are about, about movies like The Rock Jonesy exactly. because it's what the internet needs. Like that that when I was like, I think that came out when I was like 15. That was a big film for me. Oh, yeah. Younger, sure. Did you go to the cinema for it? No. I, do you know what? Actually, I must have been younger. I must have been like 13 or 12 or something. Yeah. Because yeah. we were talking yesterday, ironically. We'll get on to why later, but how you went to see uh, the Mortal Kombat movie in the cinema when you were 12 or 13. I did, And that yes. must have been like the coolest thing in the world. It was. Me and my brother, the time. Went, we were in the States. We weren't allowed, but then you could go because... Uh, my nan took us and was like, yeah, they're allowed to go in. It's fine. They can see it. And then the people let us go and watch it at the cinema. Quality. It was great. Anyway, uh, getting back to the gulag, though, like we are saying, it's a 1v1 fight. And if you win that fight, <laughs> for anyone watching the video version, Joji just showed off his, uh, listening to the audio version, I should say, his MK t-shirt. Indeed. Um, hashtag not sponsored. No, <laughs> no not at all. Sorry, um, yes. Yeah, I completely derailed, yeah. but yeah. No, it's all right. If you win that fight, basically, you respawn. And respawning, obviously, in a battle royale means you drop down from the sky again and parachute in. What that means, though, from what I understand, every single person, that 150, gets the chance to go into the gulag when they die. So the reason we got so many kills and didn't finish that high was what was happening is we got to, like, the last 20 or so teams... Um, yeah. maybe the last like 10 to 20 teams, like I said, and we were on a rooftop of the, of a part of the map called the TV station. And there are people parachuting in because every time <laughs> two people die. <laughs> yeah. You think about it. Like in every single match, at least 75 people will respawn for sure. That's, that's maths. You can't argue. That's that. maths. Exactly. <laughs> so it's this kind of crazy effect of not only is it the highest player count ever, but it's more respawns than ever before in a battle royale. So there's people everywhere. The kill counts are getting really high. You can like, also um, yeah. uh, buy people back in, though. I think even if they lose in the gulag, you can go to one of the um, the banks or cash point places where you can purchase yeah. upgrades and things, and you can buy your teammates back in, right? So you can not only right. do they get a second chance in the gulag, they can then be bought back in again. So. Yeah, which again, in like maybe six or seven matches, we did that like two or three times. So. Right. There's cash is readily available, especially if you're going into fights and winning them. Um, the cash system is interesting, but I think mostly I just like that they've, based on Blackout at least, they've really streamlined what the Call of Duty experience means in a Battle Royale format. So, for example, um, you don't manually regenerate health anymore. You auto-regenerate health the same way you would in regular multiplayer. Right. So with the exception of armor, which again is no longer separated into helmets and body armor, it's just armor, and you have three pieces of it at any one time, uh, the time to kill, in a lot of cases, feels like Call of Duty. And if you get away from a fight, you regenerate health like Call of Duty. So it's like, okay, they're getting closer to making those two worlds meet. But that's to me, that seems obvious. Like, why wouldn't they have had that I when they made... Um, oh, remind me, what's it called? Blackout. Blackout. Like, why wouldn't they have had it in that? Why did they I go think, for this yeah. stupid new... I think they were, like, looking at PUBG too much for a lot of the Blackout stuff. Ex- exactly. But they're not PUBG. So, for me, they should have gone with the, the Call of Duty setup. And that's what I want. I want Time to Kill to be in, increased as well. Because in Apex, 
for example, like if you've got no armor, you've had a really bad um, uh, sort of in, uh, early game where you don't find anything, mm-hmm. you can get taken out so quickly by people that have had, you know, had some better luck, for example. Yeah, right. And like they, the, they've streamlined a lot of other systems. So for example, obviously guns are guns in the world of Call of Duty. An M4 doesn't get stronger at different levels. So what they've done is they've, they've got the rarities uh, of each weapon um, denoted by a certain color, as you'd expect. But all that affects is the amount of attachments on it. So if you find like a, a red Epic M4, it will just have five attachments on it. It will have a new barrel, you know, a new grip, a new scope. So that's what you're getting as you find better stuff. They've streamlined the ammo system, so you're not trying to think, oh, am I picking up 5.52 or 7.76 ammo? It's just like, <laughs> no, this is pistol and SMG. This is AR and LMG. Right. This is sniper. This is shotgun. Which it sounds um, to me like they're taking the strongest parts of, uh, or sorry, they're, they're they're taking the strong parts of the multiplayer they've already got and then putting them into a multiplayer, uh, 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 Battle Royale, whereas before it definitely felt like um, that they were sort of trying to fit a mould that already existed, which was kind yeah. of odd to me. Like, you know, why why bother? Yeah. Just make it your own thing. Exactly. And I think basically, I think that's, you kind of hit the nail on the head. That kind of what it feels like to me. That's what they've done. And I like it. I like it. I will say, because um, one of my um, worries, I suppose, with this was that I had some issues with the, the look of um, uh, the previous... I cannot remember the name of it. You just told me. The previous... Blackout. Blackout, of course. Um, the textures on it, the the way the game looked in general, looked pretty nasty. But everything I've seen so far from Warzone looks much better, looks much nicer. Uh, it looks pr- like any sort of multiplayer Call of Duty game you're going to play. Yeah. And that, I mean, maybe it shouldn't make a difference, but that to me does make a big difference. I don't, again, oh, yeah. it looks like mud when I sort of hop into play a battle royale. No, and you're absolutely right about Blackout looking distinctly muddy, especially kind of if you paid close attention to some uh, rather ugly textures. And there mm. were plenty of them. And there were, um, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, we need to link up on Warzone. I feel like now Do that it. it's free to play and crossplay, we just need to get everyone on Warzone. Um, yeah, we could we finally some... defeat Fortnite. Exactly, and well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. I'm really curious to see what happens. It's it's going to be an interesting a battle. Mm. But um, yeah, that's kind of it for my my week in gaming. Well, so I ironically a week when you haven't had a particularly big week. I've had a much bigger week, I think, than you've had. Um, you have. Although I shouldn't have had because I was had a lot of other stuff to be doing. Right, and also because one of the things I know you've played a lot of this week. Uh, well, let's just say I'm looking forward to hearing about it. I'm not. I won't bore you with it. I promise. But no, so no, one, I think you should. I really think you should. Was uh, so one of the things that I've um, sunk a few hours into, and I'm already halfway through, is um, Shadow of the Colossus, which is a game that I didn't play when it originally came out. I really wanted to, but it was one of those that just never happened for me. I, I was playing a lot of other yeah. things and didn't get a chance to. Um, then when it was re-released, uh, the time didn't feel right, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But then, hey, it was free for uh, PlayStation Plus members um, this month, along with um, mm-hmm. uh, Sonic... What's, I don't know what Sonic game it is. Sonic Forces? Sonic Forces, yes. Yeah. Um, so I've hopped into uh, Shadow of the Colossus, and I'm like I said, I'm halfway through. I've defeated half of the Colossi. And I love that game. I think it is everything I hoped it would be. It's gorgeous looking. 
uh, the puzzle elements of it are a lot of fun. The designs mm-hmm. of the the colossi are great. Like I like how they also have their individual things. Some of them are quite frustrating. I you know, um, yeah. And the fact that you can see your time to defeat each individual one, and it gives you each one, and you can like, I in it, on easy mode, normal mode, hard mode, I can see how you can go back time and time again to try and better your time. Um, yeah. But I mean, that's a very cool game, man. I I love the concept as well. The fact that it's just you a desolate world and then hey go over here and there's a fucking giant man with a big beard that you need to take out i think that's very a very cool very cool concept a very cool idea do you find it creepy at all like the feeling or the atmosphere of that game um i think yeah i do but it's based on uh what colossus i'm fighting and in what environment that's in so um there's one i think um the what is it? It's, it's the it's like an eel, but a snake eel thing with electric mm. spines on its back, and you have to grip onto it, and it takes you under the water. Under water, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. It, it comes to the surface, and then you have to quickly run along its back, grab on again as it goes underwater again. I found that quite creepy because you're swimming around on the surface of a lake, and you can see it under the water, and you're just waiting for it to come and get you. And there's definitely an idea of like Lake Placid or or Jaws or um you know yeah. that sort of thing, and it was it's quite it, there's not really any um any terror or any um real fear there but it has yeah. definitely has elements it definitely it, is spooky i just remember it being more of a tonal thing than like you said yeah outright fear where there was something kind of the world being so empty and that boy being so quiet and the music at points i was just kind of like this is making me uncomfortable for some reason. I, th- I think if I'd have played it when it released, I would have had a lot more of a sense of that. Um, some of those elements, I think uh, that's what they're definitely going for. But maybe I haven't felt it quite as much because the industry and games have moved on quite a lot from when Shadow of the Colossus came out originally. Is that some maybe. of the things they use, um, they're not quite as impactful, I guess. Um, so recently I've also started playing Prey. Um, and I'd say like that sort of uh that kind of setup uh, actually on your recommendation i, I thank you very much wait how much of prey have you played though uh not not much so i i just wanted to play the early game to sort of get a feel for it so i'm and and we're, it feels so much like half-life which is another thing that but you know i've been looking at recently but. did you do the thing the thing that happens like half and like half an hour into prey the uh, thing that makes prey become prey well yeah i must have done i don't um I, it d- depends what you mean i don't know i don't know you talking about the thing we jump through the. We yeah, like there, there's the, the game hasn't really started yet, and then you do something, and you're like, oh, this is the reality of the situation. Oh I mean, yes, I've done and the, the game yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. No, so I'm totally oh, past that. Okay. So I'm into um, I'm into the uh the the world, and I'm I'm now in. It's, it's basically it's got Half Life. So in Half Life One, right. when you're you know you're you're Gordon Freeman and you play and you're riding along the train track and then you get into the first area and you're setting off machines and everything's hunky dory and then shit hits the fan. I'm past the shit hits the fan point in prey by yeah, definitely. Right. So um oh I see yeah, no, I know what you mean as no, well. Do, I do loved you remember that. on the podcast a few weeks ago I was trying to exp- I didn't want to spoil it, but I said that Prey had one of my favourite like in terms of twists that happened in the first hour of the game. Because when I played that sequence, I won't spoil it for anyone that um hasn't played it at home, but I did that completely naturally, where I didn't know that was going to happen. I just, I didn't know if it, it was going to break, the glass was going to break. I didn't know what, that something would different would be on the other side. And I was like, 
What the fuck? Uh, yes, I 100% am completely with you. I did exactly the same thing. I, I, it felt completely natural. It was something that just totally made sense to me. And and it happened and I was like, oh, that is damn cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, but I, um, but the, the eeriness of something like Prey, I really feel, right? I can really feel like the tension. And when you see the mimic scuttling about in the distance and you're just like, oh, this is, I don't like it. Uh, yes. Whereas I think, Shadow of the Colossus is much more, um, it's almost more serene to me, I suppose now. I can see why it would be eerie, but most of it is kind of, so you know, okay. in, the, in the way that Death Stranding has those points where you can, um, the camera pulls back and the, the music starts playing. You get a, a song by low roar. <laughs> you get a low roar playing. I think to me, a lot of uh, Shadow of the Colossus feels more like that, and I, which I love. And then you get those sections where we were talking yesterday about um, some of the Colossi are, are kind of, um, you, you you sort of take it takes you for quite a few minutes to figure out okay what the heck am I supposed to do here? Um, but some of them it just feels supernatural. Like there was yeah a big guy who bends down to sort of try and see you because you've scuttled away under a thing and then he's got a big hairy beard and I'm yeah. like oh I know exactly what I do here and you go sprinting yeah. out and leap onto his beard and and I that sort of stuff I find really cool. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's a testament to the quality of the game how many of the kind of ways you take down the colossi and kind of their weak points stick in your mind over time like yes no absolutely so uh one one that really sticks out for me is the bird who's flying around and then you have to piss it off by shooting it and then it swoops down and you leap onto its wing and they like that's so cool and obviously when it's flapping and turning around you have to sort of time it i yeah we had one of the questions we had on the podcast a few weeks ago was um what would you want uh if you could turn a game into a tv show or into a Mm. movie what would it be and i hadn't played it yet but Shadow of the Colossus, for me, I think would make a cracking film. Huh. You, you'd need to adapt it. You couldn't have one character silently walking around an environment. But I think if you... I'd love the idea that you could develop that that concept into a, um, uh, into yeah. a film. Yeah, it's almost like you'd have to take... Kind of like what we were saying about... I mean, I remember talking about a potential Bioshock TV show. Yeah. And it would be like, yeah, you'd have to take some of the concepts and ideas and extrapolate from them rather than one-to-one um what's yeah, the word uh adaptation like you couldn't exactly ju- thank you you yeah, couldn't you just couldn't. go this game is now yeah. this film yeah it doesn't it wouldn't work no you couldn't give someone a hollywood actor a script and it, he just says agro like 15 <laughs> times or whatever whatever the horse's name is i'll go <laughs> do you know what was, yeah. was great because you, you'll uh and i think you'll like this as well because we actually talked about this recently but i was watch i was i was um i was playing it my wife was sitting next to me the yeah the, the baby woke up and made a noise, and I said, Argo, because my horse reappeared after I'd taken out a Colossus, and uh, my wife went, no, no, it's fine, Argo. And I was like, <laughs> so we were talking about how recording the podcast remotely, for me, in because today's oh, the data, in the evening. She, she wasn't offering to go either, she was just talking about her favourite Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly, no. So, but yeah, so uh, like, you know, I get, my baby wakes up, my dog just goes mental and wants to come in all the yeah. time. So yeah, I did, that made me laugh because uh, um, and she, I, I laughed and said, "Oh, I was actually talking to the game because the horse yeah. appeared." Well, that's why that's why uh, we have to record these podcasts dead in the middle of the day because otherwise, I feel like <laughs> I've never seen it in person. But from talking to you, you make it sound like your house t- turns into a circus sometime <laughs> around six or seven p.m. Where it's just like oh, animals, man. like there's birds flying around and children <laughs> it, bouncing on balls. But yeah, you're not far off with animals running around and children bouncing. Like my my uh, my three year old is forever jumping on his bed or on the sofa or on something, just losing his mind. 
and the uh, yeah. the one year old is just uh, trying to follow suit, which makes it quite interesting. Um, but certainly, you were talking about Bioshock, so you, yeah, I've also played some more Bioshock. I haven't finished yes. it yet. I did made tell a, you, yeah, a little bit of progress. I have. I told you yesterday that I'd finish it today. I didn't because I was <laughs> working on a video for us, so I couldn't. So there you go. Um, I feel like that's a good, good excuse. excuse. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I've. I def. I, so I played a few more hours. I'm probably two thirds of the way through, uh, three quarters of the way through. Um, I'm falling out of love with it a bit. Not the game. Like I think the game is still very good, but the age of the game is rubbing up with me a bit. Um, yeah. The cycle. I think of. Uh, taking out big daddies, excuse me, finishing everything you need to do in an area and then running through the environment, um, trying to go from, you know, oh, you've done everything you need to do. Now go here to do this. And then they just spam you with enemies, spam you with big daddies. And you and they are just, the big daddies especially are just bullet sponges. So I'm sinking all my ammo into them. I'm using all of my powers and then inevitably dying, respawning about 10 feet away from the area that I was at. And so the game knows what it is. Like it's not trying to push you back and make you redo stuff. And then I I found actually recently, I died like three times taking out a big daddy and it was literally run to him, sink every bit of ammo I had into him, then get killed, respawn, go back, do it again and did it three times. And then he was dead Um, and then move on to the next area. And then I'm assuming I'm going to do some more of the same. Um, So I've, I've, I've kind of fallen off a little bit. Um, I'm I'm definitely going to finish it. I'm still sticking with it, but um, yeah, it didn't it did had didn't grab me in this section of the game as much as the beginning early game did. At least it's short enough that you know the next time you sit down to like properly crank it out, you should. If you give yourself a big enough session, I think you could finish it. Uh, I think yeah, I, I think I should as well. Um, from what I how long I think it is, and from where I know I'm at, I think I'm I sh- I'm pretty good stead to finish it. And then like Shadow Colossus, I'm two and a half hours into that. Um, and I'm halfway through, so I think oh, man, um, two and a half hours, and I'll be done. But which takes you on to the third game I played. I was going to say, yeah, because we I haven't played... even got to the the piece de resistance. Because <laughs> I played this for eleven hours, and I was then like, <laughs> I could have finished so many other games, which is Star Trek Online. Um, Jesus Christ! I am a Trekkie. I will admit it. Uh, I've started watching um, Picard on Prime. Okay. Um, I've finished Discovery. Um, a, long, a long time ago um, on Netflix. So I was, I was hankering for some more Star Trek. And so I was, I was looking sort of trying to think what, what I should play. Should I go back to some of the old games like Academy or um, uh, some of the even older games that I used to play. But then I, I was like, Do you know what? I'm going to hop into online. It's free. Why don't I give it a go? Yeah. And actually it's a bloody good. Well, you've played 11 bloody hours of it. It's actually a very good Star Trek game. It's funny because it's, it's quite janky in a lot of ways, as you could probably imagine, and the way that the game works. But actually yeah. having a ship, having a starship, going to systems and planets and talking to species and races and people that you know from the series, and they seem to keep it really up to date with um, with content, which is amazing. So all of the Discovery storylines are in it, um, or like peppered throughout. So the characters like Michael Burnham's in it. Um, you've then got uh, like next-gen characters. You've got... Um, uh, I don't know the guy. What's his name? The, I didn't watch the Enterprise. You asking me? Sorry, Enter- Enterprise. This series with Scott Bakula. I didn't actually watch, but he's there. Right. Uh, so you get all of these characters that you know from the series and the movies and things. Um, and they they manage to make missions around that, and they've got the whole thing of the Star Trek thing of go to place, shoot a ship, beam down mm-hmm. to a surface, have to do something down there, scan something with your tricorder, beam someone out, beam back to your ship. They've got that. Um, they've kind of got that loop. They've got it right. And then 
you can also upgrade your ships and you can you sure you can put real money in so if you're into like star uh, deep space nine you can buy like the defiant you can buy like the enterprise Jesus you Christ. can buy um a, like romulan ships you can buy like klingon birds of prey so you could you can go in you could put a shitload of money into it and you could buy loads of stuff but it is pve so it's not pvp so it's not really um pay to win in that sense um but, uh, and yeah, well, I guess the not. Borg are in it as well, which is wicked. Like, I love the Borg. They're easily oh, wicked. hold the phone. Hold the phone. Not the, not Seven the of Borg. Nine is in it as well, and she's fit. So, And I'm, I think Jerry Ryan might even voice the character, which is cool. So it does sound like a... You can have a little play session and a wank. At the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've been playing a lot of that, and I've been getting my Star Trek fix on. And then I've been watching Picard as well, so it's been all good. Jesus, I wish I'd never... Honestly, I could almost see the appeal of Bridge Crew VR. <laughs> that is also like genuinely bit, wicked. Bit of teamwork, you know, generic enough, not super nerdy. But you listening to you talk about Star Trek Online... <laughs> It's, it's actually kind of useful because it helps me get a little bit more guidance and clarification on things I know for 100% certainty you don't I want don't to want to do ever, ever in my life. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's strange because I do think that if you reskinned that game and you changed the names of characters and you changed uh, just the names of ships and things like that, I wouldn't want to play it. Like, for sure. Like it would, Right, yeah, yeah. Because it's not an RPG, it's not a. Well, I suppose it is an RPG, but it's um, it's not like a a very high end, you know, AAA RPG. It's not. You can switch into like first person shooter mode when you're on when you're on away missions, but again, it's a shockingly bad first person shooter. Um, right. Actually, now you're describing how bad it is. I'm almost getting some Star Citizen vibes. How dare you, sir? How very dare you? Star so, Citizen oh, it becomes a really different. bad first-person shooter at times. Star Interesting. Citizen is great, well, has the potential to be a great first-person shooter. The world's most expensive, most boring game now has a new rival. If they put, if they had Star Trek ships in Star Citizen, I would oh, never God. leave that world. Also, especially they, with, um, we were talking about the, I don't know what the program's called, but the third-party program where you can make any game into a VR game, like I would... Um, yeah, man, I'd never leave the Star Trek world. Yeah, I mean, I would never go into it, so you and me would have to uh, cut ties and go our separate ways. But I suppose that's that's part of life, right? You live and you learn. You live and you learn, exactly. Uh, so one um, game I haven't played yet, but I bought this week because of something... Okay, God, the, this list is endless. Be- well, no, well, I haven't played it. We renamed the podcast. What did Jonesy play this week? <laughs> um, uh, I bought it because of last week's podcast. Oh, okay. We, we were talking about Half Life Alex um, and Boneworks, and I've been following Boneworks oh, for a while, but I haven't okay. actually played it. Um, but I wanted to, I want to live stream some VR content. So, um, like we've talked about, you know, I said I want to do like a VR channel. So I thought mm. I'm actually going to get Boneworks and I might do like a playthrough of that and um, get it on. So I bought it this week. So I'm hoping to play that soon. I tell you what, knowing what I know about your relationship with VR and how you feel about VR, I would actually genuinely like to see you play boneworks i'd also just like to see more boneworks in general but if it's you that's an added bonus well because we spent such a long time watching those guys in development talking about what they were doing and stuff right exactly they they were so enthusiastic about vr and they were they were so intricate in how they were looking at things and talking about how it was going to work in the game like i can't believe i haven't played it yet Mm. it's just it's just one of those things that um i just missed when it actually came out but it's also going to be interesting with you starting boneworks two weeks now or less before 
Half-Life Alex, which is yes. obviously the big VR killer app on the horizon. Yeah, so because there's a lot of things in um, when so I was cutting a, a video from our podcast last week um, about Half Life Alex, in which we referenced Boneworks. But actually, that gave me an op- option opportunity to look at um, some of the things that Half Life Alex does that Boneworks did as well in their game. Right. And um, so when we talk about in Half Life Alex, when they're like taking the wood off uh, in order to you know progress through a section, and they've got to like physically grab it and like rip it off. Um, yeah. Boneworks have that in their game. Um, a section where you have to do the same thing. They have like uh, melee weapons, like axes, where you can chop wooden boxes and smash stuff. So, um, yeah, um, I think it's it's probably a very good game to play uh, as a setup, you know, to getting to play Half-Life Alex. I think it might feel kind of similarish Hopefully. in some respects. And maybe just interesting to get that direct comparison, like which what which game does well or maybe better than the other or what I... Half-Life Alex maybe learned from Boneworks because there were always those rumours. I, can I make a prediction right now? Yeah, I think Boneworks may be better than Half Life Alex. Or and see, I that is a spicy ass prediction. I haven't played. And there are a lot of. If Chris was here right now, he'd be chewing you out. <laughs> I Should, know you would. Uh, shall I play the role of Chris? Yeah, go on. Oh, God, no. oh God. <laughs> so, so wrong, so wrong. So, like, if you take out the nostalgia thing from Half Life, um, I, I, I don't know. From the the, the stuff I know about Half Life Alex, the stuff I know about Boneworks, and the development that. Boneworks went through and the development that we're assuming Half-Life Alex has gone through. I don't know. I just feel like Boneworks may feel better in its in the totality. Maybe. I, I, I would be surprised if Valve, especially with the ability to look at what Boneworks had done and change their plans for Half-Life Alex, if they let something like that slip through the net, I feel like they'd just make sure they were better. But I know it's not that simple because... Making games is hard. It is It is very hard. And sometimes I think um, you can try and improve upon things by saying, we're not going to do that. We're going to change it because of this, because then we think it'll be better. But actually, you might not be making it better. You might just be making it different. So that would be that would be an interesting thing to see. Don't get me wrong. Half-Life Alex does look incredible. And, and I'm mm. really looking um, forward to that. I will, yes. Yeah, because I've got something to mention about that later on, but I won't do it yet. Um because I've talked enough, so uh, should we well, you're going to have to talk a little bit more, Jonesy, because there is one last thing we need to discuss before we leave ah. our, our week in gaming, which is what we were up to yesterday. Yes, I um, yes, the re well, the reason that I'm wearing my Mortal Kombat T-shirt. Uh, well, what, why don't you? Why don't you fill us in? What did what did we do? Well, we went over to uh, Warner Brothers. We actually went to their place for the first time ever uh, here in London. And we got to play a little bit of Mortal Kombat 11 because the latest, and I believe even last, DLC character is being added to the MK11 roster, and that is Spawn. Yes. Comic book legend, uh, 90s video game movie adaptation star, Spawn uh, is in MK11. So we got to play with Spawn for about an hour, would you say, Jonesy? Yes, yeah, about an hour. Um, we, we got to play a lot of matches in that time, didn't we? So we, we basically yeah. did... Um, mostly um uh just against each other um a couple of uh, versus computer battles but no we i think we had a we had a good little session didn't we we took it in turns to play yeah. spawn and how did you how did you feel the character fits i mean into the that thing game? is i'm not enough of an aficionado about fighting games or mortal Kombat to offer any real insight into whether or not spawn is good or bad or overpowered or underpowered but i can say that there was it was intuitive enough for anyone that's listening to this as a potential kind of newcomer or beginner still in Mortal Kombat, even if that seems unlikely, a year after it's out. Um, 
I think like they've done what NetherRealm always do, which they've made an incredibly polished looking character, lovely set of animations, you know, his uh, fatality, the one that we were able to see, and the one that they've revealed in the gameplay video, both look appropriately gruesome, you know. So <laughs> Indeed, yeah. in sort of my amateur and unofficial uh, opinion, uh, I liked what I saw. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm kind of like you in that I, I dabble with Mortal Kombat. I'm not. I'm definitely not an aficionado. Um, yeah. I've played uh, probably more of Eleven than I've played of any any than X um, or you know any Mortal Kombat in the last few years. And I, mm-hmm. it's a very fun game, and I, it's one that I always think I would like to play more. And Spawn definitely feels like um, uh, a character that fits quite nicely into that world. Um, and and as maybe one of the only people that liked the '90s movie, yeah, um, I thought it was very cool. Yeah, I liked it. I liked uh, I liked it the was, way they've used him to good effect. It was weird being sat in that room with a guy who works for Warner Brothers, and the our conversation that you and me were having, turning to the Spawn movie, <laughs> and thinking this guy at the back of the room listening to all of this has either got a real newfound appreciation and love for us, or he thinks we're the weirdest <laughs> fucking guys to come in and play that game all day. Yeah, like, I, these I, were the only so guys who talked just about to that do, uh, John Guziamo in my impressions from the Spawn movie the whole time. And yet you did actually do it, if uh, I remember yeah, a rightly. Yeah, a couple of times. I had to do a couple. Give us a preview. Show the folks home. Hey, Barney. <laughs> that's, that's what he says. <laughs> hey, Barney. <laughs> I like that you very nearly went on and did like another line and then you weren't sure. You didn't well, quite he calls have a conviction. What does he call him? Like, crisp, Crispy? Because he's all burnt, isn't he? He's oh, all fucked up. Dear, In the movie, like, where... Uh, he goes to do a mission and then the, the I think it's like a, an aircraft control tower explodes and it's all in flames and then he dies. He goes to hell and then he gets um, asked to, I haven't read the comic books, but he gets told to lead like hell's army is basically what the devil wants him to do. Uh, and then the clown character who's played by John Leguizamo is like his little, um, oh, Jesus, what do you call it? Like, um, his go-between between like the devil and hell and the real world and spawns there trying he's supposed to be killing people and doing all sorts of weird shit and he had John Lucas Yarmich for the whole time just ripping on him and just calling him yeah. crispy. Hey, Jonesy, crispy you know I, I think if you'd been as, as old as you are now going into the 90s you would have had a, a future as a movie producer because <laughs> yeah. every nineties film like spec script that would have come to you, you would have just said, "This is the coolest shit ever." <laughs> I would have. Been Can I ask you a question? Spawn. And I, yeah. honest answer. Go on. Did you like Wild Wild West when it came out? Uh, I've never seen it because I heard it was. Uh, okay. No, see, that was uh, too uh, late. That was after that sort of time. Oh, that was too late. I was fully expecting Think? you to say yes. You thought it was the coolest thing ever, and that would have completed the uh, the image that um, I'm drawing up in my head. Do you know? No, I think you're right. Actually, that won't have been too late because it because um, I mean, it was like yeah, full on Men in Black era. Will yeah, it must have been right. I'm, yeah, I'm just looking it up now. 1999. There so it should have been. It's only two years after Spawn, and you liked Spawn. I liked Spawn. I did like Spawn, and I didn't like. Well, I didn't see Wild Wild West. I think I've now seen yeah. half an hour of it, and I thought it was really boring. Great song, <laughs> um, bad yes. movie, as the, as it turns out. Anyway, Indeed. we've been talking about playing games for way too long. Oh, we need God. to now start talking about um, a bunch of people who won't be playing games, Jonesy, because at the time of recording, which again, as I said, was it's Wednesday morning where we are now, um, some news started breaking very late last night, around 1 or 2 a.m., um, and the word on the street, and of course, by the time you guys are listening to this, it'll probably be official, but at the moment, the rumor 
is that E3 2020, Jonesy, has been or will be cancelled. Yes, they uh, E3 have now confirmed that they are the next people to not be going to E3, which is yeah, um, the irony. Exactly. The long list of names of people who are no longer attending now includes themselves and yes. everyone else. Um, I, I, so yeah. They haven't officially announced it, though, have they? They've It's been rumoured by everyone, except right. they haven't confirmed it themselves. But yeah, there were lots of people citing sources that have been told that it was going to get cancelled or that the wording may, uh, say, postponed. But there was also weird contradictory stuff, like Jason Schreier implied that he'd spoken to someone who had direct ties or maybe even was affiliated with the ESA, who are the people who organise E3, and they said that it wouldn't happen but a lot of people going out there right now and saying with a lot of conviction, hey, if you've got hotels or flights, maybe uh, cancel them. Which, because, uh, yeah. I, it's, so, okay, well, we haven't even said it yet. Maybe because we're trying to, yeah. we don't want to say the big bad word, but this is I all mean, we've got to say it, right? It's linked Go to on. coronavirus. It's linked to coronavirus. Yes. Or COVID, yes. COVID-19, as we're now calling it. Because um, apparently there's loads of coronaviruses, so that's why it's called COVID-19. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, uh, SARS was a coronavirus. The common cold, I think, is a coronavirus. Oh, jeez, I didn't know um, that. I just thought people wanted to sound smart. They said, let's give it a scientific <laughs> name. No, so I'm being serious. <laughs> I thought the same thing. And then someone else said, no, it's because loads of shit's a coronavirus. It's like, all right. Yeah. It's so, like when you meet a person who starts referring to birds by their Latin names, all you want to do is punch their teeth out. <laughs> I'd have no like, idea. All right, mate. It's like, a fucking pigeon. I don't know it's not a Pigeonus about. Maximus or I'd, if you then had known the Latin name for a pigeon, I would have laughed my ass. I did do Latin GCSE did and you? I did get an A. Ah. So uh Can you drop watch some this space, folks? Latin bombs on us? No. Um uh, uh, Mata uh, This is painful. Uh Igatur. Igatur means therefore. Therefore, okay, very nice. I G I T U R Igatur. Igatur. Um, yeah. So, yes, because of COVID-19, or COVID-19, Igator, E3, <laughs> is not happening. Yes, exactly. Fantastic Latin there, James. Do you think this is um, a get-out-of-jail-free card for them? Well, this this is the big conversation, right, which is that, obviously, it's it, we'll address the thing that a lot of people on Twitter are talking about, which is that I, yes, do personally, personally feel that as a fan of games, it would be a loss to not have E3. Mm. But from the ESA's perspective... Is this a godsend because this had been the biggest shit show of an E3 build-up ever? Yeah, every, or, every announcement is effectively, these people won't be there this year. Or no, yeah, exactly. nothing's getting released there this year. And so you could make the argument, this is a great opportunity for them to kind of like gather their thoughts and make sure shit goes better next time. But, Jonesy, here's the contrarian opinion, like the opposite side of the argument to that. And this is the side that I think is maybe more likely. We've already seen companies like... Um, Sony mainly, but technically also EA and a few others move away from E3 in any official capacity. Some of them still use the time slot or the city of LA to do stuff. Yes. But E3 is losing its importance. What happens now if the people that are kind of propping up EA, like Microsoft, E3, excuse me, like Microsoft, who are still there and still do a press conference, what if this year is the year where they're like, holy shit? We were right all along. We don't need E3. We did our own thing, and it did just as well, just the same amount of traction. Why the fuck would we spend millions of dollars doing all this shit in LA when we just clearly showed that we don't need to? 
that no, I think you, I think you're bang on because that that's going to be the big thing, and it's also going to be um, if a lot of those other companies have put on their own events, all say, ah, do you know what? Yeah, we can we can do more of the model where we don't need to go there. Yeah. We can do um we can do it online and we can do a remote thing. And like you say, that gets great, still gets great traction. Then then they're not going to go there next year, probably because it's yeah they're going to save themselves a buttload of money and a and a load of hassle and all sorts. So no, right. I think you're I think you're bang on, sir. Because that's the thing. Every company that's pulled away from E3 so far has stuck with that decision, right? No one's done a 180 and been like, oh, we were wrong, we're back, and we're having a press conference. This is almost like the weird opportunity for everyone to be forced to experience what it's like to not be at E3. So, you know, people who would have had a press conference, like Microsoft, like Bethesda, well, Nintendo do the treehouse thing anyway, so they don't care too much, but it's going to be interesting. And now it kind of becomes this weird free-for-all where june july because the new consoles are coming out still super important months for those Mm. companies to get out there and talk about games or consoles so shit's still gonna go down but it might be like hey we're gonna have five or six massive live streams over the course of two months rather than one big week in la if i can um if i can push the covid19 fear-mongering to a slightly higher level oh please do what do you think the chances are that the uh console um, releases get pushed until 2021 i think at the moment and i'm gonna leave some room in here for this to possibly change i think the consoles are definitely still going to come out this winter october november sometime around that i think though that there's a very high chance we see extreme console shortages at launch right yes of course. due to part shortages but also manufacturing issues obviously most of these consoles are made in china which is <laughs> Well, they've the got a few things going on at the moment. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Do you kind of see it going the same way, or are you a bit more pessimistic? I, I, I thought, I can't, I don't know. It's a weird one because, in some respects, I can't imagine they would do that. But in the same way as you've said, if they know they're going to have such shortages of components of parts of trying to sell these things, if they're looking at a horrendous launch, then it kind of makes sense to me that they say, do you know what? We're going to bump this until like spring of 2021. Um, We're going to make sure we've got a a good supply for everybody. We're going to do a proper launch. Um, And then it obviously throws everything into turmoil because you've then got, well, what do games do that we're going to release later this year? Um, Because now they're right at the time when the consoles are coming out. And and I don't know, like the all hell breaks loose and it goes mental. It all adds to this idea of like not to get too far away from the gaming side of things, but 2020 just gets weirder and weirder because while I'm saying at the moment that I don't think that will happen with the consoles, there are shitloads of events that I thought, nah, they'll be fine. And like every week, the situation somehow gets worse. And now it's like we were talking before we started recording, like obviously there've been other gaming things like GDC and uh, TwitchCon Amsterdam, I think it was. But now like football, the, uh, the sport is getting all messed up. Fixtures being delayed, people saying, "Will the Euros happen in the summer? The fucking Olympics? That yeah. will that fucking happen in the summer? Like that's an it's kind of crazy. It is crazy. I mean, for for me, the biggest thing that made me realize this is real. This is real shit. Was when uh, the James Bond film got bumped. Um, yeah, f- by months. Um, also, I think I was the first time I heard today was someone said uh, on the radio. I I don't know. I don't want to say they were like a doctor or something. I think they were some sort of medical professional. But they basically said, if you think this is going to be over in a few months, you're completely mistaken. This is 12 months to 18 months before it's resolved, yep. which yeah. then sort of makes me think, well, shit. Like, what does that mean for 
game production, delivery, uh, movies, who's going to be going to the cinema if they're worried they're going to get coronavirus. Already you've had, um, uh, what, what are they called, Jet 2, was it, in the UK that failed? Or the, the airline? Um, oh, Fly... Flyby. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, Jet 2, whoever you are. Not. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, Flyby had financial troubles already, but then uh, apparently COVID-19 pushed them over the edge. So you've you've effectively got something which could have massive implications across the board, like share prices. I, do you know what? I have 100 quid in my, <laughs> in my money box, right? Which is like yeah. a stock and share ISA thing. I lost okay. 15 quid off of that. Just overnight. Uh, in the last two weeks. Yeah, but you know what you do, Josie? That's, that's what's, and this, what's the percent, what am, percentage of that? That's 15%, of course it is. <laughs> 15 yeah, pounds. I lost 15%, percent. and that's massive. Like, if, I know nothing about finances, but what I'm hearing is buy, buy, buy. Because you know what? I've watched uh, the uh, final scene of Trading Places four or five times, and I know an awful lot about the way stock markets work. And if they go down, the only way is up, baby. What you want to so, do is you want you want to buy them when they're down here, and you want to sell them when they're up here. That's what you want to right, do. Right, exactly, because the bigger gap between the two, apparently, I hear you make some money. So uh, there's a little uh, financial advice for anyone out there. Uh, we take no responsibility for any financial issues you run into as a result of this advice, be yes. it bankruptcy or otherwise. Indeed. But it's, it's kind of mad. Like, it is, yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's totally. Mad times. Mad times. And you, you try not to be selfish about it at, an, at a time where thousands of people die and go, well, I hope the game still comes out. But at the same time, I really fucking hope games still come out. But at the same time, you know, I, I tweet about this recently as well to say that when you get um, the idea of self-quarantining yourself for like two weeks um, and you're a gamer, isn't the worst thing in the world. Right, exactly. You're like, shit, what am I going to do for two weeks? I know, how about I smash out all those titles I've been meaning to play recently? And have you seen, I don't know if there's anything in the UK that's got an equivalent, but uh, there's an app in the US called Postmates, which uh, they'll basically, it's like collection and delivery people who will go to restaurants or fast food places and grab food for you and bring it to you. They've updated their app now, so there's an option that says, hey, leave my food on the doorstep and walk away, wow. basically. So their apps now are adapting to delivery options that have no human interaction involved. Okay. And like we wow. went to Warner Brothers, like we said yesterday, we greeted the guy with an elbow bump. I went a- to shake his hand. I felt embarrassed because it's the first like business meeting I've had since all this shit started. Put my hand out and he's like, oh, gonna do the elbow and i was like man right. no i'm with him i'm with this so we went for food first and i and i was a bit like i'm gonna go wash my hands i want to buy some of this alcohol alcoholic gel stuff which i couldn't bloody buy anywhere um yeah no nah, and i was all down for the the elbow bump i don't want i don't want to get um i don't want to get that covid19 yeah madness you, you, no it's fair enough but yeah, for me, because for me, it's like if I get ill, my kids get ill, then it's really shit. Well, yeah, I mean, you bring it into a household. Like if, right now, if I got it and came home, I would. I, I let me put it this way: based on the life I already live, I'm self self quarantining ninety nine percent of the time anyway. <laughs> yeah. Apart from when I go and get lunch or dinner or whatever it is. Oh, um, the, I was telling yeah. you that that the, the thing that's annoying me though is bloody panic buying. Like I went to the shops it's, earlier just to buy a few bits. Like I just want to, you know, we're running out of stuff. Some shelves are bloody empty. And then some yep. stupid lady buying up all of the uh, hand wipes as I was walking past. She was just piling her trolley hive. I'm like, you are, where's the sense of community? Right, exactly. Share and it's very out. frustrating to me that, and I don't know if this is a, a strictly a UK issue or if other people are experiencing this, but the two things that seem to be going the fastest, and one of them makes sense, the other one doesn't. It's hand soap or hand sanitizer and stuff like that 
and fucking toilet paper, loo roll. <laughs> and so, so all I'm people sitting are doing thinking, is shitting and then washing their hands, right, which is a it, good but thing. But you know. Absolutely. But like, I do that regardless of whether or not I've got the fucking coronavirus. I'm, I'm looking now. I can tell you, Josie, I've got two bog rolls to my name. And I'm going to take a couple of mean shits, okay, between you and me. And my my supplies are going to start to go down. If I go to the supermarket because I can't wipe my bum anymore, and there's no loo roll because some melon head has just bought 75 of them in case they have to shut themselves in for the entire summer and they've got rampant diarrhea or IBS. Like... What am I going to do? What are, what are you going to do? It's newspaper. It's newspaper all the way. Well, yeah, it brings me back to some horrible memories of times where we've all been caught short once in a while. I remember one time, I'm not going to say his name so I don't want to embarrass him, but a friend of mine was staying at my house and I'd forgotten to tell him we didn't have any. He ended up doing it with the receipt. <laughs> oh, no. That's with like slidey waxed yeah, paper as well. It's slidey and very thin. And let me tell you, <laughs> That ink does come off. So, so um, I had to yeah. buy a different brand of toilet paper because there because mm. there was none, and I was annoyed at that. There was only one brand left. I don't know if it's any good. I assume well, you'll okay. find out. I'll find, you'll out. find out in in a week or two's time whether or not your arsehole bleeds every time. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do <laughs> a toilet like, oh, paper review. I accidentally yeah. bought sandpaper. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to. Uh, yeah, let you know how it was. But um, oh, anyway, should we go from some? Um, craziness from viruses to some craziness because of people can't think oh right. yeah we probably should so um horizon zero dawn that i can never say correctly you guys always rip me for um i'm a sony guy so you know i yeah. played that yeah. game i had a lot of fun with it i finished it which uh often you know you and you and chris can't quite believe. well done well done <laughs> my congratulations I, uh, I'm glad that it's now coming to PC, which means that a lot of our, my PC Master Race friends can enjoy that game and they can enjoy that world and they can get down with Aloy and the robotic dinosaurs. But some people, apparently, you were telling me, aren't quite so happy. Yeah. While you and me, Josie, I like to think of the slightly more rational amongst us gamers. And like you said, our perspective when something like this happens is like, great, more people get to play a good game Horizon sells more copies, Gorilla get reinforced, Sony get reinforced, everyone's happy. But if you go on Twitter right now, and I'm sure it's the same on Reddit or wherever else the kids hang out in nowadays, it is a shit show. And some people are genuinely livid. Like there are videos of people like trashing their gaming setups and like <laughs> one guy was like, I'm going, I'm buying a PC now, I'm ditching Sony. Because some people, I guess the perspective is and this is me trying to relate to them, and it's difficult, admittedly, is that a console exclusive on the, their platform of choice going to the PC or going to another console is them losing out on something they bought the console for. It's almost like a slight on the reasoning that they made in, in choosing, choosing the console, and I don't know. I thought console war stuff was dead a long time ago, but apparently some people still are really anal about this kind of shit. I, the reason I found it uh, so bizarre is because my childhood was blighted with not being able to play certain games because they were console exclusives. Um, and then a lot of those games later on, you then can play. You know, they do move over to other consoles in, in some cases. And that was always a positive thing for me. I, I was absolutely fine with the fact that those guys had it on Xbox or whatever as an exclusive for a while, mm -hmm. like a, um, a year or whatever. And then, uh, but then when I got to play it, at least I got to play it. I'm never going to gripe about the fact that um, 
somebody else has got a Sony exclusive that they've managed to play. Because as far as I'm concerned, I I think that those if, if I liked a game, it's a good game. I want people to experience it. I want them to have a good time with it. There is something to be said for saying like, you know, I've bought into Sony. I've bought a PlayStation because I there's certain games that are exclusive to this this console. But outside of them no longer coming to the PlayStation, um, I don't have any problem at all with people um, playing no, them on Xbox, yeah. on PC, on wherever they want to play them. So I, th- I find it so bizarre. It's not like they've turned around and said, do you know what? Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is now no longer coming to the PlayStation. Right, right exactly. It's just going to be on PC. It's like You lose absolutely on. nothing. It was, what was it, it's three like, years ago that this that Horizon came out? Like, give something people like that, a, yeah. Like, come on, man. It's, it's not like it's... Um, a month ago or or whatever right and it's it's just Ridiculous. a weird remnant of like the kind of the console war thinking and the console war way of life which i honestly thought was dead but regrettably platforms like twitter are constantly serving to remind me that it is very clearly not and it's frustrating because you're right like it's it's such an irrational reaction and to like think that console exclusivity and that you chose a console that has good games that other people can't play is like a point of pride and validates your decision it's just a really backwards way of thinking the um, only the only yeah. thing i i suppose the only way i can um fathom these people are trying like getting annoyed about this is because maybe they've had arguments in the past where they've said to their friends well i can play horizon and then their friends have gone well i can play halo and then right exactly um, and now their friends are like haha now i can play horizon too and they feel like they've lost some arbitrary argument from three years ago and so they're getting a bit butthurt but uh, you know come on guys more people should play games more people playing games means more money in the games industry means you're more likely to play um better games it means gorilla can have um you know they do better as a company which means that they're more likely to make sequels uh, to games we like and they're not in in jeopardy etc 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 so yeah let's all put on a happy face and let's yes. all welcome our pc friends so um do you think this means more games from sony are going to go cool. um, onto other platforms or do you think this is a one off? No, I, I I don't think it's a one off, but I think that they'll it's not going to be an automatic thing. I don't think this is Sony shifting towards a a kind of a, a method of like releasing games where after a certain amount of time every single first party Sony title ends up on PC. I think it's going to be more of like a a case by case basis. And I guess Horizon Zero Dawn is a weird example where I can't really think of what sony stand to gain necessarily because yes there will be more sales but like money so well yeah maybe it is as simple as that but um i don't know i think it's going to be on a case-by-case basis and i think there'll always be a buffer time i don't think we'll ever see a situation where it happens within six months and this is also i should clarify talking about games that are first party to sony made by companies that are owned by sony because mm. obviously death stranding is coming to pc the uh quantic uh, Quantum Dream games, Quantic Dream games came to PC like uh, Detroit and all that stuff. It's, this it's is why games in the Sony yeah. environment being coming out to other people, isn't it? It's, that's that's where yes. the annoyance is coming from. But right, I I suppose that we saw a softening of Sony's position when it came to crossplay as well, because for a long mm-hmm. time, you know, they obviously had no interest in that, and then now they have. So maybe they're just becoming a more friendly, more um you know more social company and that's what they're trying to suggest here but and i would be fine with that like you said yeah it's never going to be within six months it's never going to be something that challenges exclusivity like in real terms 
So let, let's just all play nice. Right, exactly. <laughs> and there are still plenty of games that haven't come to peak. Like Horizon, at the moment, is technically an outlier. And we'll find out if it's the first of many. And Jonesy, I guess that brings us nicely onto a game that, uh, well, cutting it fine in terms of it happening in the last week, but Ghost of Tsushima... Now, we know the uh, release date, which is in June, and uh, we have a nice little story trailer. Well, the release date at the moment is in June. We'll have to remain to be I know. Seen, I'm but... hoping that nothing happens <laughs> that affects actual release dates. Because, uh, like you said, people can still play games when they're quarantined. They can, they can. But this, hey, man, this trailer just makes me want to play this game more. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to get it um, originally, because I thought it might not be for me. It might be... Uh, you know, it might it might be a, a slight different sort of genre that I'm that I'm used to playing, but I think that game looks amazing. It looks fan bloody tastic. Yeah, there was some conversation in like our group specifically over WhatsApp. I want to say Steph and Chris specifically were calling out the facial animations as being a bit dodgy. I see. I thought they were fine. I didn't think they were that. There was one specific uh, face. The, the dude when yes. he's pushed up against a wall and he's like a bit like this. Mm. Yeah, there was one close-up of the protagonist where... But I'm, I'm kind of with you. I watched it again after we'd had that conversation, and I was a lot more positive on it than I remembered being from the first time. Right. But you're right. When you look at the bigger picture and get away from the faces or any of the kind of the minutia, a lot of the kind of the... Can you say the cinematography? Is that is that a word really apply here? I don't know. Just what the game looked like. Some of yeah. the larger, more sweeping shots, you know, some of the wide-angle stuff, and, like, everything was very well... Um, if it was a movie, Framed you'd be up, you'd be uh, you'd be singing the praises of the DOP. Yes, exactly. Um, it, there was some really nice looking stuff there, and some really cinematic looking stuff there. Um, and of course, I guess it's also the nice thing is it's not so far away, and we're going to get a double whammy of the Last of Us Part Two, then goes to Tsushima one month after another. Pretty Absolutely, crazy, really. Yeah, no, that is it's going to be a hell of a, a hell of a period to be. Uh, playing games like, like we said if as long as we get to play them it'll be bloody amazing because it i suppose yeah. i was i was kind of worried ghost of tsushima was going to be much more of a sekiro kind of game excuse me but it it doesn't look like it's going to be that far down like like that so um we'll see uh, yeah it's always hard to tell because now anytime you see melee focused combat where someone is like not moving it's like it's Almost like melee combat nowadays falls into two categories. It's either super fast, stylish action like Bayonetta or Dev May Cry, yep. or it's really slow and everyone goes, "That looks like Dark Souls." <laughs> yes, or it goes, um, which which is slightly worse. It goes into the For Honor sort of space where you're talking about stance and you're talking about like it's even slower. Right. And I don't think anyone's hoping that Ghost of Tsushima goes into that sort of category. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that um, that it's kind of like something in the middle obviously right. we know that their, their previous work on infamous like infamous always felt like a pretty like fluid dynamic game yes and i'd be a little bit surprised even with the kind of the samurai one hit kill it looks like at times kind of style of combat that they're going for i still hope there's some kind of a fluidity to it uh, no absolutely and I, I don't think they're going to go for stances and parries and things in that sense i think you're right i right. think it'll be a much more fluid fighting system um I t do you know if I could if I could say the sort of combat I would enjoy it being like would be like maybe an Arkham game where it's that kind okay. of feel to it where it's that the fluid fighting system but obviously tied into a game um, a samurai game is going to be different but that because that's still for me when you've got somebody fighting a group of people and it's all about you know 
it is about timing, but it's not about, oh, you've got to be like Dark Souls and you've got to time your role and you've got to time your um, invincibility frames and you've got to, like, I'm not into that. Um, yeah. So that's that's what I thought it was going to be more originally, which is why I was kind of worried, but remains we to will, be seen. Yeah, we will find out um, in not too long. June 26th, the release date on Ghost of the Shoes. Oh, my God. How many times have I had to say that the name of that game for some kind of video or, or podcast? And that just became a... A blur of S's there. So, 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 so. From a nice so, meaty... Ghost of Tsushima. From a nice meaty trailer with some um, gameplay and some cinematics. Um, yeah. Now we can talk about a, an extremely short trailer that barely but showed it, anything. But it basically wasn't even a, a trailer. It was like a, a, a teaser image that happened to move slightly. It could have just been an image for sure. Um, which is yeah. Lego, Lego Super Mario. Yes, uh, right. One of the... The I guess it almost feels like one of the biggest collaborations we've seen in terms of two major companies, and one of them in video games, one of them not so much in video games, we've seen for a long, long time. Um, it seemed like it kind of weirdly leaked yesterday early, and there were re- there was reference to a Nintendo Direct that kind of ov- obviously didn't happen, but now Nintendo and Lego's official Twitter accounts have both verified that Lego Super Mario is a real thing, but Jonesy, a lot of people on Reddit were talking about what it would actually mean, and some of the early speculation was that people were hoping it was a game of some kind. Probably not the case. At the time of recording, at least. See, we don't know, but probably not the case. Yeah, from everything I've I've read, it is going to be uh, Lego sets, which are much more in the sort of Overwatch, Minecraft way that Lego made um, sets uh, based around those characters and those franchises, that it's going to be Lego sets based around Super Mario. Um, so it's going to be real physical stuff that you can get your hands on. And I guarantee that the first person in line to buy all of that shit is going to be um, yeah. our very own Chris J. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny because I, 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 I haven't really spoken to Chris properly for a little while because we've had shit going on and because he's been in South Africa. But I've got to imagine he's more than a little bit excited about this. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I saw one person, again, like everything pinch of salt at this stage, right? Um, but there was one person that seemed to have gained access somehow to some kind of like listings for this stuff um, and could see like the kind of the little the codes that Lego used to denote each set and yes. how many sets there would be and what they'd be priced at. And I want to say the high-end set at the moment was looking like it would be $100. Okay. And I'm hoping, I mean, I don't really know what the market's like these days, but $100 worth of Lego, I hope that that's a fair amount of Lego. And that Oh, means... dude, it's fuck all. <laughs> it's oh. barely anything. Is it really? No, like, well, and it's also, it's not quantity in that sense. So uh, for, I try and think of an example. So if you buy Kylo Ren, um, his his ship, uh, Lego ship, I want to say, is like 150 quid or something like that. Oh, between 100 I was and kind of hoping that, like, one, the $100 thing would be you get the entire Mushroom Kingdom and no, every character. No, no, no. You, you might get like a. I'm trying to think because I do have some Lego nearby, but um, so uh, it'll pro- realistically, I'd imagine that set would be a portion of like the mushroom kingdom with a bit of a building and a few characters from the game. So I think an analogy to the recent stuff would maybe be um, the Avengers cinematic universe stuff that they brought out. So um, they, you for a hundred pounds, you'd probably get, you know, a, a couple of little setups, a few characters. Um, yeah. Like I said, a few buildings and things that you can sort of get your hands on, but it's, it's not going to be 
you know, a ridiculous amount of stuff. If you want to look at the high end Lego sets that they drop, I mean, some of those things are like five, six hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, for, you know, 10,000 piece sets. So it'll, it'll be reasonable. It's probably going to be very, uh, it'll be a lot of fun for people that um, are Super Mario fans who also like Lego, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised at all if some of the, some of those sets look a little light on the ground. Um, uh, maybe, quantity. yeah. Um, I've I've um I've uh, sourced uh, the the tweet that I was referencing by the oh, okay. way. I don't. It seems like maybe that this has leaked uh, in some way um, through Amazon, and right. this is a German site reporting it called Stone Wars. Um, apparently, the Lego Super Mario sets are internally under the code name Leaf. There are thirteen sets. Uh, set number seven one three sixty through seven one three seven three, priced anywhere. This is interesting from three ninety nine in euros to ninety nine ninety nine. So that sounds like they're going to be selling individual character models, probably. Yeah, that sounds about right. Which that to me, to me, like I would get those because that's something I'd like to have yeah. on my desk in front. You know, a little you can get all the little people and you can yeah three three ninety nine for a little Lego Mario on your desk. Shall I, shall I tell you um, something which is horrific? Because so I've, like I said, I've got um, young kids, and I recently tried to buy some Duplo to buy one okay. Duplo board, which is like this big. So it's just mm-hmm. a green board that you can affix other bits of Duplo to. Ten quid for just a piece of plastic, just a basically. flat piece of plastic for ten quid. Wow! But they yeah. know it's like the basis for every build, all the building you're gonna do. So you have <laughs> yeah. to buy it. You need and you need it. You're like, and your kids are like, Daddy, I want to build some Duplo, and you're like. God damn it, I'm going to have to spend money. Yeah. But, Honey, we're remortgaging the house. The kids want some Duplo. <laughs> we'll have to make a channel based around Lego so that we can get some for free when all that yeah. stuff drops. Well, toy channels are when the money is at, apparently. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, one last thing on that. Apparently, again, according to this uh, this information dump, the 99.99 euro or probably similar in dollar set has 1,010 pieces in it. Um, I'm, do you know what I'm genuinely sounds, blown away by that it sounds okay that does sound pretty good I thought it would be much more okay, they could be small that. like you could be building like I don't know like the castle from Super Mario 64 or something like that I'm trying to imagine this is the thing I'm trying to imagine where you like, there's got to be some kind of Mushroom Kingdom variation yeah yeah sure um, maybe they take some stuff from, from Galaxy or Odyssey to try and build up some of the more oh. 3D kind of well, I, I should shut up from slandering Lego then, because I was I was assuming it was going to. No, be... when you started talking about it, you're right because I've heard Chris talk about oh yeah, the Death Star or the Millennium Falcon. It cost five thousand dollars. I'm like, <laughs> okay, dude, you do what you want to do with that stuff. I, that's cool I'm though. Gonna... So I do I do think that's a that's a very good collaboration between. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> COVID nineteen. Um, yeah. That's a good collaboration between uh, Lego and Mario. But um, yeah. what else would what else would you like to see if you could if you could see what? a collab between Lego Le- specifically but with Lego? Oh God! I mean, Lego are one of those companies that don't work with um, with adult brands, right? Uh, I believe that's the case. Well, I mean, to, to be fair, they like I said they worked with Overwatch, they worked with Blizzard, and they've done stuff like yeah. that. So they, maybe they're more into because I suppose Blizzard, uh, sorry, Overwatch is much more of a uh, light-hearted arena shooter, so maybe it's yeah. that's why they're happy to maybe. work with them. But um, like, yeah, because it's like if I wanted to see Lego Doom, for example, that would like, be really cool. 
Exactly, because I'm I'm imagining like building like a Lego caca demon, for example, that's like maybe the size of your fist, but they build some clever way for it to like dismember or blow up, so that there's like Lego blood and Lego <laughs> bits and gore going everywhere. Uh, do you know what Lego Doom would be wicked? I would love to do that, but I think you're right. I don't think they'd, I think they'd think that was too yeah adult Lego Mortal Kombat even after our conversation earlier. If get I a could bit get of Lego, a Lego Scorpion, that would be awesome. Lego Scorpion would be great. Lego, but Lego Spawn would be wicked, and then they had. Um, uh, Terminator was another one of the DLC characters, right? So that you could have Lego, yeah. Lego Terminator from. I just, I'm just Kombat imagining well. building like a classic stage from MK and having a little Scorpion figure and a little Sub Zero figure. That'd be quite a nice little kind of Lego diorama. That'd it would. You could cool. even have like the the level with the spikes underneath and like some little mm. trap doors, or maybe it falls in and then you're in the spikes. That'd be quite cool. exactly That'd exactly. Cool. Um, yeah, but um, um, apparently we should look forward to the Lego Super Mario collaboration specifically in August. Again, oh, August, okay, so, so it's not too probably, far Probably, probably coronavirus depending. Because again, <laughs> China makes a lot of the shit. If it's plastic, it's probably Chinese. Um, yes. And yeah. I'm, do you know what? I'm now, you've worried. Actually, me. Lego's Danish, I guess. So they're probably. Is it Danish? Made, they, I think Lego's a Danish company, okay. but they, they say probably make all their own shit. But yeah. I'm a little bit worried now as well that we've been talking about coronavirus and delays in the, in the gaming world. Um, because mm. I just ordered something, which is on oh shit yeah, which is on an eight week lead time, and I'd imagine most of it's made in China. Um, well, you, maybe that's why the lead time is longer than you thought it would. But yes, you were waiting for something to come back in stock, and you finally pulled the trigger. I did. So the uh, Valve Index has been out of stock. We've talked about it before, um, and obviously Half Life Alex is coming out. So um, uh, Chris actually tweeted at me a while ago to say that they had announced they were going to have a restock. Um, on Monday of this week at 5 p.m. Uh, UTC. Um, I don't know what that stands for. Universal time? I don't know. Um, that's mm, 5, 5 p.m. in the UK. So I hopped onto Steam, and the second <laughs> it became available, I bought myself a Valve Index and some of the controllers, which set me back a pretty penny, although I haven't paid it yet. Yes, you, it's like a weird system where you kind of you've made your order, but they've kind of registered that you've made it, but that you don't have to pay for it until sometime later. Yes. Because so there's uh, eight weeks um, or sorry, longer than eight weeks is what they've said to actually get uh, the, for the shipping to come in. Um, so they contact you closer to the date when they know when they're going to su- supply the unit, I guess, because they don't want to charge you for something and then it gets delayed even further. And you know, which people will yeah. obviously kick off about slightly odd though because if you don't get charged for it before the release of half-life alex which is in only two weeks but half-life alex comes with the bundle with the um the index i'm not quite sure how that's going to work because you can effectively cancel your order um and then you've got half-life alex for free i'd imagine they just charge you um yeah they 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 must have some kind of like workaround or they've got some plan in place you'd hope at least because this would i feel like one of the most publicized returns of a stock of item uh, in a long time, I can't remember the last time people were spreading like rumors and and tweets and stuff like that, saying, "Oh, the Valve Index is going to be back in stock <laughs> on this date at this time." Like, when was the last time that happened for hardware? Probably a console launch. Like, I would probably around think the, the last, last time I remember it happening was maybe for the Mini or the Micro Super Nintendo or the Nintendo. Oh, yeah, because they kind of had a few uh, a little period where they were really hard to get hold of. Um, yeah, you're right. There were a lot of shortages. Ah, I know. I have another one for you because I tried to buy it and I couldn't. And I and I'm not spending what CEX want for a second hand one, which is <laughs> okay. Ring Fit Adventure. Oh wow! Uh, do you want mine? 
It's got about three inches of dust in it already. No, but, yeah, I would, I'm ring keen fit to play is, it. Man. Ring I'm, fit. I'm really keen to, to have I mean, go. honestly, if either of you or Chris wanted to go, me lending it to you would be the most efficient way because, <laughs> yeah, like you said, the shortage of that are crazy. I think I told you guys, like, I bought it in early January and got it in February. Yeah. Luckily, Amazon weren't price gouging, but the flip side is took a month to get it. Right. I might do, I might do a little live check, actually, on... Um, the UK version of Amazon, what they're saying about Ring Fit. I want to say, um, yeah, let me just, while well, you're doing that, I'm going to check out CEX because I'm- it's uh, currently unavailable. Uh, you can't even buy it for when it is going to be in stock. Um, wow. And it is being resold officially on Amazon. The cheapest new uh, reseller has it for $134.99, which is around double what it costs. Right. So. Ringfit Adventure still uh they're not getting them out the door fast enough. Blimey. So Ringfit Adventure from CEX uh second hand is a hundred quid. Yeah, that's too much. It's too much. Yeah, which is I mean madness. It's obviously because they, they weren't they weren't expecting such a rush, so there you go. Yeah. Um but hey, you know, it's um is what it is, I suppose, and uh people will price gouge when people can price gouge. So Absolutely. Well, go. At least Valve didn't price gouge you over the index. I'm looking forward to when you get that in, because let me tell you, I will be the first person knocking at the door they, to come and see Half-Life Alex. They didn't need on to the best headset in town. Uh, price gouge. Actually, yeah, true. You already did. <laughs> so I want to say, because if you buy it with the light, I already have lighthouses because I have uh, uh, Vive. Um, so I didn't need those. So it's, it's still 680 quid for the headset and the hat and the controllers. So I, I friggin' hope it's worth it, dude. <laughs> Well, me too, for your sake. At least, you know, you've got a couple of other ventures on the side, like you said, with YouTube stuff and streaming stuff that's all going to involve VR. So it's a business investment. It's a you business know. That's what I keep telling my wife. It's a business investment. <laughs> We've made a sensible business investment. This will put, pay us back tenfold. Exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, well, Ring Fit Adventure might be in short stock, but... Um, the man who worked at the company that produced it is in hot, hot, hot demand because, Jonesy, and we'll probably do just two more quick news stories before we wrap this up. Uh, this was one headline that caught my eye, though, and I felt that we needed to bring it up. Reggie fils formerly formerly, I believe, the head of uh, Nintendo of America, has joined the GameStop board of directors. He's, he's That's president, GameStop. Right? He's, he's become president, I think. Is what has, he be, has he taken... Um, I'm, I, I, you know what? I believe it, but... GameStop, for anyone that didn't know, a a, a big chain of US-based, and I think some other international locations, uh, video game retailers, brick and mortar, um, for a long time the biggest, but... Well, we used to have them in the UK, but I I don't think we have them anymore. I think they... uh... We had Game and Game Station, I believe. I don't think we ever had GameStop. Ah, right. Maybe I'm thinking of a Game Station. Yeah. So but, yeah, he's 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 uh, been snapped up by those boys, but they're not doing too well at the moment. On the um... no, and it, it's kind of this fascinating thing of like Reggie has done a lot of cool shit, and you know he's built up a good reputation with the, in the games industry. But is he the man to turn around the fortunes of fucking GameStop? They talking about price gouging. They must be paying him a pretty penny to have got him in there. Because you have to wonder yeah. if part of the reason they got him in was for his good name in the gaming industry, and that they want people to associate them with him so then suddenly they you know get a bit of a boost from him taking over 
because it's got to be, I mean, it's been rough for game as well. Like it's hard yep. in the hardware, yep. um, you know, selling games market and, and having, like you say, bricks and mortar shops. It's because everything is moved to online. And, um, so it's, unless they change their model or they do something drastic, I mean, their financials are not looking good. No, and exactly. And you look at like the way they've been trying to kind of keep their heads above water recently, like lots of pivoting towards kind of merchandise and selling T-shirts and Funko Pops and all that stuff, probably because maybe there's a better markup or they're trying to draw in a different audience. They're now doing what, again, shops are having to do a lot here, which is they're buying secondhand hardware, which now includes phones, because obviously there's a huge market for yeah. buying and selling secondhand phones. And it's like, God, like, again, fair play to Reggie. He built up the reputation he did for a reason, largely because he came out on stage at various press conferences and shows and said silly things. But <laughs> how does that translate into the world of retail and saving? Because it, it just looks like that's just the motion of the ocean. You know, that's yeah. the way it's going. And I don't know if one man, even with a lot of ideas, can make a significant change to that. People just don't want to go to shops anymore. No, and it, like, like you said, I think the, the way that they all seem to be going is to kind of either be setting themselves up as um, like cultural hubs, like they said, hey, gamers is a, is a culture now. You're these cool guys who buy Funko Pops and you buy T-shirts and you want quirky mm-hmm. pencil cases and all weird bullshit that's linked to games. It does seem like that's their new thing is to go down that route and almost the gaming becomes secondary um, or selling games and consoles becomes secondary. But I yeah. don't like, is that going to really be the thing that saves the day? Like, It can't be, right? It's, it seems bizarre, but hey, I, I guess. Do you know? Here's a is a prediction. They're going to start opening like coffee like areas <laughs> in those shops where you can just start. It's not like a, a a gaming cafe, but you can play a bit of a game if you want, and you can have a coffee right. and you can hang out and you, know. you can have a match of League of Legends and a cigarette, like a good old fashioned South Korean would. Yeah, they don't want to go the whole sort of like um, uh, internet cafe game streaming place because they still need to buy shit. They don't need to sit there for five hours playing games. But <laughs> right, hey. Exactly. You know, you can come and dabble. So um, yeah, it's also again. I know we haven't been able to get away from this all podcast, but you do feel a little bit sorry for Reggie joining the board of directors at GameStop, which is a physical store that you have to go into to buy stuff. <laughs> just at a time where people have got a pretty good reason to maybe not go to video game stores for a little while. Hey man, as I, opposed to buying. I think them I reckon that Reggie's got such a tasty payout from this deal. I don't think he's. We have to feel sorry for him one iota. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's doing some like weird banking thing where he's taking a position, but he's putting money on the fact that GameStop will go down. He sh- he's like, shorting GameStop, and then yeah. he's the president, and he's gonna drive it's like to the, the ground the big the big short two starring steve carell as reggie fils he just blacks <laughs> up for be, it that would be geez that'd be amazing and it, yeah and then he then he gets done for insider trading because uh it all comes out but yeah. i mean do you know what? hey look i mean he's a dude he doesn't need to worry about money right and he's he's obviously loves the games industry i know he's worked in other areas as yeah. well but um and and if he thinks that he can maybe do something in this area then more power to him I don't yeah. think it's going to work, but no. But I, I think you're right in that you're right. This is a decision driven by passion. That uh, this is a yeah. guy who sees GameStop holding a, an important position within the games industry as we know it today, and wants to try and maintain the status quo there. But. There, yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to be said for like the physical location. Like, I still do like to buy my games on disc, and I've I've been the guy standing in the queue at midnight to go and buy a game at game. You know, um, so there's definitely an element that I enjoy about that aspect. Um, and I would be sad to see all of those shops on the high street disappear. You know, um, but yeah, I suppose 
at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, we've just got to be used to the fact that now, especially with games of a service take off in a big way, um, then obviously that's going to just be the death knell for any any shop that's selling anything. Let, even if it's a box with a code in it, right? It's, it's not going to work. Yeah, which has happened before. Yeah, know. for sure, for sure. Right. But, um, well, that's sort of the futures of GameStop and Reggie fils May. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, see, we'll see just how well Come that Come on, Reggie. I'm back in Reggie. Come on, feeling Reggie. we'll have an update on that in uh, the months to come. But um, it feels only appropriate, Jonesy, after all this coronavirus conversation, which, like I said, has, no pun intended, infected <laughs> most of the news stories this week, that maybe we end on a note about um, the future of one virus-related a piece of intellectual property, and I guess. Let's do, let's go with it. Like, this is the future that we have to look forward to. And luckily for us, HBO are making us a series so we can see how it's going to unfold. They are. And I'm kind of pumped for this. So, inside the last week, again, at the time of recording, HBO announced that they are adapting The Last of Us, the uh, video game, into a TV series. Um, and it has been confirmed that the production of this uh, is taking over the production of the movie that was being talked about for a long time. That movie's no longer happening. This show is now happening. I guess the other thing to note about it is the the personnel on board. Um, uh, and I'm just trying to find the name of the uh, the dude. Craig Mazin, or Mazin, who um, previously worked with HBO and Chernobyl, which yes. was obviously a critically acclaimed show. Did very and, well, yeah. N- yeah, Neil Druckmann, um, who is the dude when it comes to The, uh, the, the Last of Us, who I believe wrote and directed, or at least co-wrote and co-directed, both games so far i my question around this series right because there's a part of me which thinks they're just making a walking dead series right um with some yeah. other with some other elements because it's obviously in, in the last of us universe but if neil Druckmann's on it does that make mm-hmm. it law because if it does i, mean, I i'm then invested because i want to see i want to see like what was going on with the fireflies, you know, what's, um, yeah. who's, uh, how did the virus outbreak start? All the questions that I've got unanswered from the, the game that, I mean, maybe you find out more in, in the second game, but if it is law, then it kind of ties me in because I'm waiting for two to the second game to drop. So suddenly it gives me a whole reason yeah. to watch this series that I kind of don't have if it's not a law based game. But then your question of, is it law series, kind of implies to me at least that you don't think at face value this is going to be about Joel and Ellie. No, I don't think it can be. I think that story has been told. Um, uh, as in, I think the the first game told that story up until a point. The second game is going to continue that story. We've then seen, um, I, I feel like for them to take the Joel and Ellie story and put it on TV, it just seems to me to be like cannibalizing um, something they've already done. It kind of makes sense to me to do, in the same way kind of that The Witcher told the story of Geralt, but it didn't cannibalize mm. the narrative of the game, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, it, it could well be Joel and Ellie could be in it. I mean, they could might feature in That's it. That's the thing, yeah. But you, could, I don't think you can make a series from them traveling from, um, you know, in order to go and, uh, like they did in the, the first game, in order to try and yeah. start the, the antidote. Like, I don't think that's, um, I don't know, that to me doesn't seem like a, something you can base no. a series on. I, I the thing is, I one hundred percent agree. I just hope that HBO are on the same page and don't look at The Last of Us as this is about Joel and Ellie, so that's the show we have to make. I hope that they kind of get at what you were just talking about and see the bigger picture, whether it's the fireflies, little bits of story about how the uh, the outbreak started and how it spread, maybe some early Joel stuff, like you know, between um, 
Joel, who uh, we see at the beginning of The Last of Us, and Joel, who we play as for most of The Last of Us, mm. what his life was like, so on and so forth. Yeah, because there's obviously a big time difference, isn't there, between when you uh, when we meet Joel and when we play as Joel. Like, there's a big yeah. gap there. Um, but no, I mean, the, the the game sets up a great world to build a series around because you've then got you you've already seen like the humans who live in the kind of those safe areas versus the humans who have gone cannibalistic versus the fireflies who are, you know, the, uh, the, the rebel force and, and all of the way that all that mixes together. And I'm sure they'll bring in some military, um, like government-esque clandestine group as well. And I'm sure they'll tie it all together. Um, but for me, that's where the series has an interest. And that's where the law side of it, I think, will be interesting all the stuff i haven't seen if they say here's joel and ellie they're going to go on a journey to do i'll be like oh okay i've, I've seen this I've, I've played this story already i'm i'm not that keen to um uh do it again in a, in a tv series but yeah it's going to be interesting and i've already seen um a decent range of of opinions some people for it some people against it some people excited some people a bit nervous all understandable um so i guess that's a, a good as talking point as any to uh push you guys the people are listening or watching at home um to get involved with your opinions either on the last of us tv show or anything basically that we talked about so far the future of e3 um playstation exclusives on the pc all that good stuff you can of course get involved in the comments down below if you're watching on youtube or if you want to find us on social media uh the handle you're looking for is super show pod um twitter and i think yeah there's an instagram isn't there Chris uh, uploaded all those blurry Instagram. pictures. I don't know what it. I don't know what it is. Shall I check it? Shall I find out what? It I, is? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Super Show Pod. I think Chris uh, is usually course. fairly good at. Um, of course, it will getting be. the same handle across everything. But um, yeah, leave us a comment or or anything like that on any of those places. Um, anything else you want to kind of get off your chest, Jonesy? Uh, before we let people, I think we need a code word so that. Um, oh shit! Yeah, people can just let just let us know that they they gladly reach the end of this episode well the one i came up with last week was horrible so i think you should take the floor <laughs> on this one what okay what about um oh okay what about covid clickers we're tying together COVID two clickers. things we talked about covid19 and clickers from the last of us i feel like youtube are gonna put like a hit list a hit out on our video and they're like there's an unusual amount of people talking about covid in the comment section of this video and they're gonna shut our shit down. okay all right then covid clickers not covid clickers covid Covey. C-O-V-I-E, is that? Or C-O-V-Y, whatever you want to do. Covey clickers. Okay. Either way, this <laughs> this video is going to be, well, it's not monetized, so it can't be demonetized, but probably going to be put in a blacklist by YouTube. And, uh, nah, those guys are great. What are you talking about? They'd never do that. Uh, they've been so good to us in the past. Exactly. They treated us so well. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, thank you, uh, Jonesy, um, for joining me on this bizarre little uh, game of duos. No, it's been good. Thank you very, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much, and, everybody, uh, for watching and listening. Yeah, and, and I guess um, with that, we should see you on the next time. Yeah, see you next time. Bye.